Question. Why did the weka shriek before the sun came up? Answer. Because he can. To be fair, there were plenty of other birds not using their indoor voices as the sky lightened over Endeavor Inlet. I slowly start my morning routine by opening the valve on the thermarest and packing in the alley coop before popping out for a bit of breakfast. What a cool spot on a terrace at Madsen Camp high above the water, big hills seemingly growing from the ocean floor. I later find out they're actually sinking, the only place in New Zealand this is happening. I'm walking the very easy superhighway of the Queen Charlotte track up here in the fjord and bay-packed Marlboro region of the South Island. Things will get wilder as I head south on my long-distance thru-hike of the Te Araroa, but for now, they're calm, and the day ahead looks like it's going to be picture-perfect. As I munch a granola bar, I take down the alley coop, pulling out the four stakes one by one, though the final one simply won't budge. I definitely pounded it in too far after an experience of the tent blowing over on 90 Mile Beach a month ago, but in my zeal, I pressed too hard into the clay-like ground, and nothing is getting out. I try to wedge it out with another stake, then move it laterally with a big rock, which breaks the rock. And then I thread my shoelace through the eye, which ends up popping off the top of the stake, leaving a hollow tube still deep in the ground. I'm packed very light and have no spare. I need the stake to hold the alley coop up. Just then Kuba passes, the young Czech I met near Paikakariki. He pulls a metal poop trowel out of his pocket and then proceeds to dig around the stake. And just like that, it pops right out. You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. I'm Allison Young, the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. Like the small backpacking essential of the same name, the P-Rag shares the unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment as badass people who really don't need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey we call life. Thanks so much to Lecky Trekking Poles for supporting the P-Rag podcast. If you want to be a blissful hiker, Lecky should be in your hands. And Belega, makers of the best blister-resist, non-slouching, foot-massaging socks for the long haul. I needed to get up before 5 to catch the ferry from Wellington to Picton. Seas are advertised as calm, only one meter swells. In line, I run into the two Czechs who carry Minnesota-made backpacks, Kachka and Kuba. They're standing next to an American named John. I'm wrapped up tightly in my raincoat in the gloomy drizzle, but they seem perfectly happy in shorts and t-shirts, comparing the relative merits of their footwear. I'm feeling stiff but secure in my brand new La Sportivas I brought into New Zealand with me from the States and then sent ahead in a bounce box to Wellington. The ferry is enormous, and I head right up to level six, damp and slick. A sign alerts me to the rich bird life of Cook Strait, sooty shearwater that travels 64,000 kilometers each year. 
three kinds of albatross that lock their giant wings in place and glide on the trade winds. And of course, gull, gannet, petrel, tern, shag, and penguin. People stand alone or in little clumps on the deck, quiet, lost in their private thoughts. It seems fitting to leave on a more normal day for Wellington than the brilliant and hot ones I've had, this time misty and overcast, the sea a gunmetal gray. Wind-driven drizzle pelts down as we enter the narrow sound, forested and steep, a whole new world. In Picton, I pick up my pass to walk the Queen Charlotte track and reserve a place on yet another boat. The public restrooms play Memory from Cats. While I wait, I wander to the supermarket and load up on veggies. Lots of souvenir shops accepting U.S. currency and tourists fingering the merino possum garments on High Street. A huge black stingray cruises past at the Marina Bridge. I get a front row seat on the top of the boat next to a couple from Christchurch. The beachcomber is a mail boat delivering goods to a few million dollar plus homes, and we get free commentary from the captain, plus attitude. He shares about the asking price for luxury batches, how salmon farmers and seals get on, not particularly well, and who's stayed at the Bay of Many Coves Resort at $4,000 per night. The hillside is filled with dead trees, sentinels of American pine being poisoned to allow the native bush to rejuvenate. I'm not sure just how much hiking I'll get in before it rains. But we finally arrive at Ship's Cove, where Captain Cook anchored, ran up a hill, and claimed this already inhabited land for the crown. A Dutchman named Abel Tasman had named it a century earlier after a place in his own country called Zealand, but then headed home, leaving the island ripe for the English. The first thing I notice are the cicadas and their almost deafening sawing and clicking. There's a big gang of TA hikers, including Kuhn and Vera, but we're getting a late start, so we bustle up the big hill in a long, snaky line, huffing and puffing. At first, I think, a short afternoon is in order, but I have my eye on a site just a bit further away than where everyone else is stopping. The track is so good, and I'm feeling so good. Plus, it's light until about 9 o'clock, so I go for it. As do John and the Czechs. They move fast, straight uphill to a view of these tight, twisty inlets in hilly terrain framed by tree ferns and looking as wild as it must have in 1769. I move well, too, my tread gripping again. Soon I'm walking alongside John, and we get a good rhythm going, the trail wide enough to walk in tandem. I make a joke that friends don't let friends clap on one and three, and he has no idea what I'm talking about. So, I show him, and we dance down the trail. But these three are focused on speed, and when I suggest we break off on a spur to see the oldest tree in the entire country, they just walk on. In 1903, a forward-thinking man saved this patch of bush when most people would have clear-cut everything, and then he went one step further, giving all of it to the people. He saved this Rimu, one that's tall, fat, shaggy, and 1,000 years old. 
The sun is close to setting, so I head on and catch up with the three at the private Madston camp. Tony, pronounced tiny in Kiwi, places me on a terrace looking out to the very subtle sunset over Endeavor Inlet with my own chair swing. He then races me and Kachka down to the beach, where we take off our shoes, roll up our pants, and wade in on barnacle-sharp rocks to harvest mussels. I load up my pot with salt water and carry 20 in my balled-up shirt back up to the perch, boiling them until they open to a soft yellow bit of meat. It's absolute bliss, as the cicadas give up and a more pork takes over. The air is sweet, and tomorrow promises sunshine. You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. I share my stories of walking long-distance trails as a solo middle-aged female hiker, and I hope I can empower you to learn to hike your own hike, too. You can subscribe to The P-Rag wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple, please consider leaving a review to help the show get discovered. I get back on trail before the sun starts to scorch on this wide, gently rising trail, far different from most of the Te Araroa. The views are spectacular, only improving as the sun accents the deep azure and Navajo turquoise water sparkling in the light, the coffee-stained rocky edges meeting patches of beach, angling down to clear-to-the-bottom pastels. Numerous private accommodations spring up along the way, as well as a huge number of tourists, mostly walking from resort to resort with day packs. They're all very clean. Each viewpoint takes my breath away and is situated with a picnic table. At one, I meet folks from Hamilton, the matriarch pointing out she's unimpressed by her own city. They're not sure what to make of my hiking the entire country, asking for my highlights and my lowlights. The day is Chamber of Commerce perfect. Sunny, warm, clear, only a few clouds for texture. I try to plan where I'll end up each day based on water supply, flat ground for the alley coop, and the distance. But that's not always easy to do when on a 40-mile trail with big distances between reasonably appropriate sites. So I'm not surprised that I arrive way too early at a place I'd thought to camp. And besides, a dock worker is fixing up the shelter with heavy metal absolutely cranked on his boombox and barely drowning out his power saw. So I decide to load up on water and push forward to one of the random picnic table views. I come to a lookout where you can see both the Kenepuru and Queen Charlotte sounds, Picton peeking around a mountain far off to the left on bright blue water. To my right, it's lighter and chalkier. There's nowhere to set up here, so I decide to press on just as John and the Czechs round the corner. They're racing now to get in another 10 kilometers and camp near the end. Well, that's just a bit too far for me. So I consider heading down one of the side trails all the way back to the ocean, right after another climb above a thousand feet. The camp is a bit expensive, and it is a long way down. Just as I get close to the junction, I notice there's another track heading up to a lookout. Well, gee, maybe I could camp there. 
It's another kilometer straight uphill, but I decide to heft myself and the nearly full water bottle up, making a deal with myself that if it doesn't work out, I can always come back down and push on, the upside being I'll have seen the view. And it is a spectacular one, something I hadn't seen yet on the trail, a 360-degree view of all of Marlboro Sound. There's a picnic table and a tiny grassy spot that's reasonably flat for the alley coop. I set her up, then perch on the picnic table to make some food. Why did I stop here? It would have been a haul to the campsite on the water below, and likely too late for swimming anyway if I want to be warm. But there's also something else, something soulful or blissful, about throwing down your pack and setting up the gear anywhere. The likelihood someone will come here tonight is probably nil, since it's far from the road, a road that's also far from everything. I took in the views today, but stopping here gives me time to truly savor them. Sometimes it takes me a while to relax into a stealth sight I've chosen, but eventually the smell, the feel, the look and sound of a place enter my being. I'll take loads of pictures, of course, but the hours I look around allow the experience to seep into me and take up residence forever. Dinner's cooked and eaten, and still no visitors, though I'm not far from people, as a sailboat show takes place far below at the Bay of Many Coves, seemingly just for me. Big white sails parade out in a loose circle, dancing in these protected waters. The sun lowers behind me, creating long shadows on the bush-covered mountains. And just then, a weka, or faux kiwi, sneaks out from his hiding place in the grass, his long, clawed, and prehistoric-looking feet lunging ahead as his fat body totters above. He looks longingly at my big plastic countdown bag of food. His head bobs back and forth as he moves, but he comes to a stop when I stand up on top of the picnic table. Was that you, I ask, or one of your friends screaming this morning over at Madston Camp? He cocks his head, considering, then appears to be looking for an exit. Go on, little Wecca. There's nothing in this bag for you. He then turns around and heads back into his hiding place. And as I look around, I realize... From here, atop the picnic table, the view is even better. Thanks so much to Lecky Trekking Poles and Belega Socks for supporting the P-Rag podcast. You can subscribe, rate, and review the P-Rag at Apple Podcasts. And you can find out more about my long walks on the Te Aradoa as well as the PCT and other trails all around the world. It's at the website, thepeerag.com. And the music is me, and it's available on iTunes. Next week, I head to the unreal emerald green waters of the Polaris River, along a soft track lined with beech trees. Until then, my friends, kia kaha, and happy trails. <laughs>